Hey, business storytellers, it's Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Thanks for joining me. Uh, this is a live stream of a recording of the Business Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for joining us on LinkedIn. If you have any questions, um, any, any comments, feel free to leave them uh, right below there and we'll try to get to them. It is honestly kind of hard to keep an eye on them while we're also talking about today's topic. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Switcher Studio. We're still using their platform here. Really, really appreciate that team over there. Lots of improvements that they're made recently. I'm now doing everything on my iPad, including the um, me talking and then also the production. So that's something that was not doable with the, the with before the previous update. If you want to use them, Trap gets you 10% off through the end of the year. Um, definitely, definitely a fan if you have not um, heard me talk about them. Today's episode, we want to talk about how do we, um, how do we keep track of metrics in, um, with your podcasting. And I want to show you a couple of things here. Uh, I just pulled this earlier from Anchor. And, you know, I love seeing where people uh, come from, what they're doing, where they're listening. The podcast episodes have gone up. Uh, I think the last couple of weeks I've had more listens uh, in in the two week period than uh, a previous month had. So, but interestingly, here you can see uh, where people came from. I think the other, and we'll ask our expert guest when we get to him in a second here. Uh, the other, I think, has to be uh, Google Podcast and those because I push the Google Podcast app all the time, and and I'm and there's many many other apps that people can use as well. And now something froze up on me here. So let's see if I can get to the next screenshot. Uh, was just singing the praises of um, Switcher. And now it's frozen on me. Help, help, help. How do I get, um, how do I get back? Um, that is not it. Okay. Um, the other graphic I wanted to show you, and I really, truly see how slick that was, um, split screen. Uh, I love looking at the top episodes, and it's always interesting to see which episodes actually perform. And the top one, which I think is hard to top, is the one where I talked to um, Mickey, the founder of the Adweek uh, parody Twitter account. And, of course, he talked about what who he is, what he does. Hard to top. It was kind of behind-the-scenes look. And then we have how to handle corrections to the web, which was just me talking. And then how to navigate the ever-expanding uh, MarTech Technology, Scott Brinker, was the, the guest on that. And, of course, he, um, he certainly is, um, is an expert out there. And, of course, when he talks, people listen. Um, and then we had the one with Ashley Cummings about when to hire, how to hire writers. And then Mael Rod was finally the, um, the guest on that other one. So today's guest, though, let's jump right in. Uh, today's guest is Sean Creeley. Sean is with uh, Potsites.com. Uh, don't remember how I ran across Sean, but but Sean's company uh, looks into attribution and, and really how we can make um, those things better for advertisers and really all of us. Sean, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Living the dream. Um, you know, yeah. if you've anybody been following on LinkedIn, I'm in Iowa, of course, and we had the inland hurricane come through here. Um, so it is super crazy. Just got internet back yesterday, the day before. Oh, wow. uh, we're going live here, which is I don't know if I moved our 
recording, but I moved a bunch of recordings and, and, and um, um, live streams. So Sean, tell me about PodSize. What do you guys do and, and uh, how do you try to help uh, podcasters? Sure. So we work with uh, brands and agencies for podcast attribution, um, which is uh, sort of the sort of the holy grail if you want to talk about how podcasting currently works, right? Um, what you just did at the top was sort of an offline methodology, right? Like you uh, shouted out a brand, you used a, a promo code, and that brand is now as that sorry that brand is now using that promo code to, to say like how how many people from this podcast, et cetera, actually came and purchased based off of that recommendation, right? Um, what we do is pixel-based. So instead of using traditional offline methodologies off discount code, uh, custom URL, what we are doing is that we are uh, integrating with the hosting provider, um, looking at downloads and, and uh, in real time, and then as well as we have a pixel that, that sits on the brand site. Very similar to sort of like the Facebook pixels or the you know Twitter pixels of the world that do attribution for those platforms. Uh, we are just sort of agnostic uh, uh, to podcasting, uh, particularly. And so, how does that work? So, I'm, I'll be the first to admit it here. I mean, I as I sure. mentioned, I do love Switcher. I think it's really stepped up my live stream game. Quite frankly, you know, we do have a partnership where I can use their software. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't mention them on the top of the show, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but how, like, I always wonder, like, do people remember the codes, right? Like, do they remember how do you spell trap? One E, no E, one P, two Ps, who knows, right? right? And uh, you're so, basically measuring human memory, right? That's what you're doing right now. You're, you're measuring human memory, um, which is specifically with discount codes and, and uh, especially vanity URLs, right? Um, where, you know, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash NPR. No one does that. They type ZipRecruiter into the Google search bar and go, and go right? So brands know that and they put multipliers on top of things and they're like, well, you know, how did I hear about that awesome article couch, right? Um, I have no idea. I don't remember how I got there, um, but I got there, which is sort of important. Um, our goal is, again, it's panel-based methodologies here. It's households. Um, but our goal is to help brands make better decisions about that, right? Um, so that they're not sort of relying on people's memories. Um, that we are sort of looking at behavior and, and using analysis on behavior and, and not memory. So let's dive into that, though. How do you do that when you talked about the pixel? I mean, so I'm thinking about what I do when I listen to podcasts. I mean, I got podcasts running all day long. You know, sure. when, I, when I'm not in a meeting, I'm listening to a podcast. When I'm writing, it's in the background. Sometimes, depending on who's talking, I got to turn it off because, I mean, you know, yeah. just yeah. Good for you on concentration. Right. But I do have it running probably half of the day, quite frankly. So how do you, so talk, so explain that to me. Like, how does the pixel work? How do I even get to, uh, to that to be measured? How does it work? Sure. So, I mean, um, you are currently attached to your home Wi-Fi. Right. When you download a podcast, you are attached to your home Wi-Fi. Uh, you then decide to go visit the brand site. You are attached to your home Wi-Fi. We don't have a user identifier in podcasting, right? So I don't know how many people are in your household. I don't know like uh, who actually downloaded the podcast. But what we can say is that uh, statistically, uh, it's highly likely that you were if you downloaded the episode with an ad and then you went to the brand site, that ad probably had something to do with it, right? Um, and then multiply that by a thousand or two thousand, right? There's a whole bunch of people exactly like you. Um, now, podcasting data is limited because the cell towers, um, they throw, you know, 60 million people through a single IP address. So we, we basically can't use 
uh, corporate or mobile networks do attribution. But what we can say is that, you know, if we can talk to 10 people, uh, sorry, of 10 people, we can talk to five of them. One of them had an apple for breakfast. We can basically assume that the other person had an apple. One of the other people had an apple for breakfast too, right? Uh, and that's sort of what panel-based methodology is for podcasting, is that we are looking at household level data and saying, you know, uh, download, visit to the brand site based off of sort of network or IP address, uh, and then using that to uh, sort of gray traffic uh, did as well. Very, very interesting. So let me just, uh, I'm a journalist. I always have to play everything back, right, to make sure I understand it. Sure. Uh, so, so basically the way that works, if I'm listening to the Washington football team, NBC Washington podcast, and they say, you know, uh, whatever, buy the latest hat, which for the record, we did have a show with Nick Westergaard, how hard it is to rebrand, you know, quickly, which is what Washington yeah. is yeah. currently doing. So if you guys want to listen to that, but if they say, and so my point is the hats are currently super ugly, so I wouldn't buy one, even if you give it to me for free. <laughs> But let's assume they're going to have a good-looking hat at some point. And I would buy it, right? And they say it on the Washington podcast, hey, get the hat. So my internet certainly knows that I listened to it, downloaded it, whatever. It came on my device, and then yeah. I click. Then I go to MB, whatever NFL shop, which is where the pixel comes from. So then what you're saying is that's how you keep track of how the conversion happened. Is that right? Did I understand that correctly? Uh, exactly, exactly. So it's it's uh, it's that simple. It's not like we're there's again there's no user identifier here. Like we don't know uh, what's going on on that side of things. But we can basically assume um, that that ad about the Washington football team, who I'm sure their hats are going to be amazing at some point, um, is going to drive you to that that site. Right? Podcasting um, is obviously an incredibly personal and incredibly uh, effective medium for for brands and advertisers. Right? It's their favorite person telling you about their favorite product. And I think that is, is really powerful when it comes to the medium. Um, the problem is, is that the technology for measuring it is, is more offline and it's not offline, right? Like we use radio or billboard methodologies for something that is inherently digital. Um, that leads to a calamity of errors, right? Um, so from our standpoint, right? Like we want to help grow podcast advertising. And to do that, we need more advertisers to enter the space, right? Um, so our goal here is to really just help with the measurement side of things and, and let those publishers really, their, their content and their um, ads really shine. It, super interesting. And I, I, I think I do buy the whole theory that, um, you know, you can kind of take your guess that whoever clicked over, that they probably listened to the podcast most likely, uh, nobody, nobody else in this household likes the Washington football team. Quite frankly, um, how how about? They will, the, well, who knows? They don't, they don't they don't really follow my lead too often. But fingers crossed. Um, but how about? Uh, so we have a lot of marketers listening too, right? So there's really two sides of, of tracking things. One is you run advertising campaigns and. And what's funny about advertising campaigns, you know, I, I've been a content marketer the last decade and five years ago we would have screamed at you and said, we're content marketers, we're focusing on good stories, we don't do advertising. And of course, that era has long gone, right? We do, I mean, I do all advertising every day now, right, for all kinds of different campaigns. So advertising matters. Uh, it is a way, of course, everybody wants to make money. Uh, it is a way to, to accelerate your, your projects. On the flip side, we have the um, 
um, in-house campaigns, right? So let, let me give you an example. Um, so for example, I'm doing a podcast and I want to push you to uh, buy my services, right? Whatever that might be. Whether, or, or like, I want you to buy my book or I want you to um, buy my marketing services or hire my company to build your website or whatever, right? You, you see where I'm going with this, I'm sure. Yeah, of um, course. Is that, does that work as well? Do you, do you have clients like that or is it truly... Is it mostly like the, let's call it the entertainment model where you have a podcaster and then you have an external advertiser? Um, we, I mean, we work with sort of the marketing side of this business too. Um, generally, yeah, you're, you can launch a podcast, right? Um, you don't have a built-in audience generally, right? Um, a lot of what happens is then we're doing the podcast marketing, which is basically still buying ads, but you're buying ads for um, a podcast, right? It just, just so happens to be put out by, uh, you know, everybody's got one now. Uh, Mailchimp, Squarespace, um, they they all have their sort of branded uh, uh, podcast, which is very similar to content marketing. It's telling stories around, you know, small business in some cases. Um, well, mostly a lot of small businesses, one right. But in order to get people to actually listen to those podcasts, generally you're buying ads on, um, and and that's a really effective way of getting downloads and, and getting uh, new subscribers to your podcast. Because to your point, it's again, it's an incredibly sticky medium and. Uh, it builds trust with an audience in order to get them to know that you know what you're doing and then be the problems that they're, they're trying to solve, right? Um, uh, so, yeah, we've, we've seen that before um, uh, where brand watches a podcast but sort of doesn't have that built-in audiences and then we'll use other um, podcasts, buying basically podcast ads for their podcast to grow their podcast. Got it. Um, so... What kind of, I mean, we had um, Heather Osgood on the show, and of course, ah, she, really? you know, yeah, of course. And uh, she, Heather. do you know her? How do you know her? Yeah. Uh, she was one of our first uh, clients here at uh, Okay, awesome. Um, so basically, she talked about you have to have an audience, right? I mean, like 5,000, yeah. whatever the number was that she threw around uh, per episode, and which is kind of interesting, too, because I know everybody wants, I mean, you can tell me your opinion, but... I think she mentioned the first 30 days is one of the important time periods. Uh, and and I, I get it. But um, I've seen some of my really, really old podcasts take off after like way past the 30 days. For I don't know why. I don't know if they're showing up as recommended on Apple Podcasts. Do you know what I mean? But they're, but yeah, they're still you're, performing. You're getting in the weeds here. Um, so <laughs> uh, in, in the first 30 days is generally the, the accepted metric for uh, impression counting for embedded ads, right? So uh, the, it's not a dynamic thing asserted, which means like, you know, what you're talking is, is sort of run a network to run the show where I'm buying into uh, ads, dynamically placing ads in the back catalogs or, or run the show um, type things, right? So the first ad is generally the impressions within the first 30 days are actually counted towards the uh, the buy. This is why brands love embedded ads, specifically on some of these smaller podcasts, is right. I only pay for the 30 days with impressions, but then I'm getting the long tail as I continue to, as the, the podcast continues to age, right? Um, so there's agencies out there that are exclusively buying embedded ads for this very reason, is that they basically get the added value that if, a podcaster start to blow up. Um, they are seeing uh, increased, you know, basically increased impressions um, for the fact that uh, that the ad will never be replaced. 
And, you know, you guys know I have strong opinions when it comes to these things, even when we had the affiliate marketing show with uh, Ryan and, um, uh, no, his name slipped my mind, um, over in Europe. But uh, I talked about, you know, affiliate marketing, of course, you know, we don't want just affiliate marketers to take all the danger in a campaign. I mean, you have to transfer some of that to the brand who you're doing work for. Uh, same here, right? So if some company, if you feel like, they're trying to take you for a spin because of that 30-day um, number and, you know, sell it, right? Negotiate it. Um, so what is the... At this point, most of the downloads will appear within the first 30 days. So right. she's not getting... She's getting you for, you know, 10% at, at tops, right? Mostly right. It's, a, it's a much smaller number than that. Um, and, and there, also, right, just predicting how many ep- uh, downloads you're going to get on like, any given uh, episode is um, not great, right? So yeah, you have a built-in audience that does 20,000 downloads a, a month on average, or episode on average, but those can swing wildly based off of what you just showed earlier, right? Mm-hmm. So some of your episodes are going to do great and some of them aren't going to do great. Brand's not going to beat you up on some of these things um, because of the fact that one episode was a miss um, because there's other episodes that are going to be better. Absolutely, and it is it is kind of hit and miss and up and down. It's it's an interesting uh, thing. So talk about the the pixel though. So so you have all these different podcast apps, right? You got Google and Spotify and Apple and whatever, uh, Breaker and Stitcher and uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I can go on and we can podcast apps and then there's there's literally hundreds of them. Never mind your web browsers you listen to on some of these things. Right, smart speakers. Tell Siri yeah. to play my spark podcast, guys. Um, Those crush by the way. What? Ads on spark speakers are like crush. They they always perform really well. Okay, cool. Um, so does that does it work across all those devices though? You can measure it. I mean, it doesn't make any difference whether it's Apple or Spotify or yeah. Alexa. Yeah. Um, at, at the end of the day, what's happening is that you know when you download a podcast from Apple, you're not actually downloading it from Apple, right? You're downloading it from the hosting provider. Apple's just linking over to the MP3 file, um, and so the hosting provider always, in the same way Andrew's getting your stats right now, the hosting provider is always going to see um, you know that a download happened, right? Um, Podsite sits in the middle sometimes, so there's something called an RSS prefix where it's basically a bit.ly link where you hit us and then you, hit the, and you go download the uh, podcast, um, or it's a dynamic insertion which happens sort of, um, and a tracking happens behind the scenes. Um, but sort of the system for record of downloads is always going to be at the hosting provider. Um, it's never going to be at the app player because, again, you know, uh, there's hundreds of them out there, uh, never mind just going through the web and finding uh, a podcast and listening to it there. And people people do that. Uh, I find that always interesting to, to find out. Um, so how big, uh, when you find, so do you, first of all, do you find the advertising podcast or do you just work on the tracking? What's How do people work with you? Uh, we're, we're on the, the end of the campaign, right? Or the end of the sales cycle. Um, where I come in and I, you know, I submit an RP and I want to buy some ads and I talk to a bunch of uh, networks and I, but I want to know, did it work, right? Um, traditionally, that was left up to the brand where I could buy, you know, a million dollars worth of podcast ads and, and um, uh, the publisher would say, I got, you know, X number of impressions, um, but who knows how well it did. Uh, our job is to help answer how well it did. 
Um, not every podcast campaign is going to sort of knock it out of the park. Um, but what we have continued to find is what marketers really want is just the ability to optimize, right? They want the ability to try something, um, see what worked, what didn't, and then double down on what uh, did work and then rotate out, rotate in new shows that, uh, for experimental. So it's really about uh, how do you validate the media? Like, is podcast even going to work for me? And then about scaling it afterwards. Talk to me about how big does a show need to be um, for advertisers to even consider tracking things? Like how many listeners? And I mean, we had Tamara Burkett on the show and she talked about, you have to remember, out of 100 people that are your true audience, three are ready to buy. And then you have to catch them at the right time, right? And if you get to six, even better. But if you get to 10, probably won't ever happen. So just something, so it's good to remember that. What, what are like the, the similar numbers when it comes to podcast advertising? Like if I have 100 listeners, for example, that are the right audience, how many are likely to take a step you know, or to do whatever. Like, what do you have? Any kind of numbers available on that? We've yet? done a, a bunch of benchmarks here that talk about sort of one percent of the one to two percent of the audience. For obviously for direct consumer brands, that that is higher. Um, you can see some, you know, two to three, four percent sometimes if there's really good alignment between the content and the brand. Um, and then for you know traditional, you know, finance banks, things like that, it's obviously lower, um, higher LTV, but uh, lower conversion rate. There's not a magic number for number of downloads. Um, to your point, some of these niche shows can charge sort of up to a hundred dollars, hundred and fifty dollars CPMs, uh, specifically like you know podcasts for lawyers. Right, those are always going to do. Or podcasts for venture capitalists. Those are always going to do well. Um, so, from a scale perspective, like if it's general entertainment, you know, you're talking about a thirty dollars CPM um, on sort of the high side of, of things at this point. Uh, for just general entertainment and podcast. So in order for a brand to go through the rigmarole of sponsoring you, um, you need to have a decent number of impressions just to make the, you know, the, the actual buy worthwhile. But uh, we have seen some really small shows that do really well from a, an advertising standpoint, but those are really direct um, engagements and they are, you know, year-long sponsorships that and when you say impressions, that's basically when somebody is listening to the show, right? Is that the roughly simplified here, the same thing? Yeah. So because we do dynamic search and traction, they won't fire a tracking URL unless the impression made it to the device. Or the, uh, mm -hmm. So not every download is, is actually counted in those things. So we use a generic term called impression. Um, but we're talking about downloads. So... Um, you know, Heather will tell you it's between five and ten thousand, which is about right, um, mm -hmm. specifically for uh, those types of podcasters. And then, um, you know, the, their CPMs can go up and down depending on sort of how well their short show converts. To your point, if you know, if I have a hundred listeners and you know three of them are ready to, to purchase, that's a pretty good conversion rate, right? Uh, if I've got 10 of them that are ready to, uh, uh, to purchase, then like I'm buying that show all day long. For this. But, um, those, obviously that matters uh, and how engaged the audience is. Um, all those things are, are sort of important indicators, but you don't know unless you measure, uh, which is sort of where we come in on the backside of things, um, is that it's sort of really important to, you're going to, you know, scale into and validate the medium. Like you need to do these things early on, so you're not just, you know, buying one podcast ad. It didn't work. 
and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, I'm never trying podcasting again. Um, that's what we see a lot of is the brands were like, oh, this is a cool medium. Like, I want to try it. And then, you know, they do one small buy and then they, you know, then set up the, the KPI tracking correctly and then they churn, um, which is terrible. Um, so that being said, there's obviously sort of best practices here, right? Um, like you can't go into podcast advertising with a thousand dollars. Um, you know, you have to have a significant amount of budget to do a, a, a decent buy to make to see if it's working or it's not, um, which is obviously somewhat of a cliff for small SMB type of advertisers. Um, but, you know, still direct consumer brands do fairly well here. So it's generally not an issue. Um, you know, we encourage people to buy their first ones or, you know, our first runs. They're not run a show or they're not run a network. And, and that's because you generally see better conversion rates you know, see better ideas of, of what's going to happen with sort of a first run versus sort of the run of networks, et cetera. Um, and then, yeah, you know, uh, buy a few shows. Um, the first one, one might not work. The one out of three will work. And then you can make better decisions about where you're going to spend your next one. Interesting. And so when you say a decent budget, what's a, well, give me a rough number here. What's a good budget to, to start with? Uh, you know, in the tens of thousands, um, and, you know, we're talking between, uh, we try to say around 20,000 would be a, a mm -hmm. good thing because you're buying enough impressions that you can buy more first runs than just one show, right? Um, that's what people sort of get into trouble here is when they, you know, they spend all their money on a single show and they're like, oh, that didn't work. There's no shit. Um, every once in a while, you're going to see, um, uh, you know, that show just might not work for your audience like and, and that's fine right uh, the idea here is to spread it out over a few and then see what happens and so then when when people work with you what are you working on the advertising the ad part as well or just the tracking I, i'm not sure i followed that exactly there's a there's a ton of people in the space right so you have <clears throat> sort of the hosting providers which you know actually serve the content. Um, some of those hosting providers are um, also ad servers as well, um, which you know, um, which is for dynamic consumption. But at any hosting provider, you can sell your own embedded ad for it at any given time for any given reason, right? Um, uh, and then that's you integrate some tracking on the, on the back end of it, right? Um, there's then the hosting providers, which are due to dynamic insertion. Um, there's some ad networks out there, like some of the hosting providers will actually have their own sales team, so they'll sell into your back catalog. Um, it's a it's a sort of a, a very interesting market in the fact that it's not as well established as like digital, where you know, I can go to Google, et cetera, and buy off of 10,000 different sites, right? Um, if you want to buy 10,000 podcasts one, uh, you're, you're going to talk to, you know, 990 different publishers, right? Um, that's sort of where the, the problem is with advertising and scaling it up is the fact that it's a little fragmented. That being said, um, it gives you a lot of diverse options to actually do, do your buy, right? So, you, you know, you can buy some of the small shows and then you can go all the way up to the, the big boys and the art and, and NPR and spend money there. Um, it's just about sort of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. So when you talk about the impressions earlier, so when I have an ad at the beginning of the show, as soon as it starts playing, that's an impression, right? If it plays at the two minute mark, 
that's an impression once if somebody gets to the two minute mark, right? Is that basically how I understood that? Right. Or? So what you just did was a pre-roll, right? They ran before right. the before the, the content even happens. Um, there's generally those are not as valuable. Or they don't, they don't have higher CPM rates as a big roll, um, which is sort of dead in the center or you know in the middle of the content. Uh, the theory being that less people like to will, will skip it because they're already sort of in the the, the flow of the, the content. That being said, pre-rolls do really well. Um, Post-rolls obviously don't do all that well because it's the end, at the end of the, the content and very few people stick around after the credits. Um, the dynamic ad servers will make sure that if it's a streaming get, that uh, they make sure that the, that the ad was actually downloaded or at least enough of the episode was downloaded to fire off the impression um, versus just blindly saying it after you know, two seconds that it reached all the way to the, to the mid-roll, yeah. right? Yeah, and you know, honestly, what I do when I get a pre-roll ad, uh, and I know that's what it is, I just go 15 seconds skip a couple times um, automatically. And when it uh, when it's in the, when it's uh, the pre-roll, I think I said that wrong. But when it's a mid-roll, sometimes I don't make the effort, right? I just let it run because I'm already yeah. listening to the show. Is that common? Then, or? No, I mean, people make a lot of you know. I have some cousin that likes to talk about this. I skip all the ads, right? But he owns like a simply safe um, security system. He's heard of like all these different brands that uh, appeared in, in the podcast advertising. Um, because whether you know he can has this hybrid approach that he's not, always skips the ads. Like no one always skips the ads, right? It's just not a thing. And some people think people do. Um, yes, that is that is a behavior. People skip ads in podcasting, and that's why when people start stacking ads. Specifically, like, you know, we see one mid-roll and then two mid-rolls and then all of a sudden people are stacking four mid-rolls in the middle of a back-to-back uh, uh, -back in the middle of a podcast episode. Yeah, like the tail end of those guys are going to skip all day long because of the fact that I've just listened to three minutes of advertising straight. I'm not going to do it anymore. Generally, as long as they are sort of split out into the nice sort of chunks thing, um, it's not a behavior that is overly transparent in a lot of these things. Got again, it. Downstream. Downstream. Yep. Got it. Makes sense. Um, so let's say, I, I don't know if we got to this um, as much earlier, but so let's say I want to run um, a campaign for my own company, right? Let's assume it's a good podcast. It's something worth listening to. It's not just a marketing gobbledygook, uh, crappy podcast, right, where I'm telling everybody how awesome I am, but people are listening to it. And I want to measure conversions to my own brand website. That's, I mean, brands can sign up for your service doing that as well, I assume? Yeah. I mean, that's all, all we do is we work with brands to measure the effectiveness of that podcast advertising. It, it can take multiple different shapes and forms. Um, but at the end of the day, if there's a listener uh, and then there's an on-site action, we can measure that. Got it. And how, like, what's like the, how, how much is the cost or what's like the range, I guess? Um, we, uh, there's two pricing models. One is sort of pay as you go, right? Which is the, you know, basically a $2 CPM. Uh, it's good for sort of, I want to run one, a one-off campaign and just see like how it works. And then we have a lot of flat rate pricing. Um, so if I'm really, really thinking about investing in the medium and I want sort of a better pricing than the $2 CPM, um, we do, you know, flat rate, which, you know, helps with some of the, you know, help with a lot of the research and the reporting as well. Um, you know, we do all the ad pulls out of the, of the podcast or, you know, make sure that the ad actually appeared in the podcast. 
which is a big deal um, for some of these smaller shows uh, and those kind of things. So the, the goal here is really sort of always on marketing tool for podcasts. Got it. Sean, very interesting topic. I, uh, I definitely learned something new. Uh, <laughs> always, always appreciate, uh, I always appreciate when that happens. Uh, yeah, of and of course, people can find you guys at potsites.com, P-O-D-S-I-G-H-T-S.com. You can miss our too, and you'll end up there too. I'm sorry, say that again. If you misspell it, there's a redirect too. So uh, again, oh. you're always going to, this is our whole thing, right? Like, uh, we do a lot of podcast advertising, right? Um, and you can actually see the spikes in our Google traffic to the P-O-D-S-I-T-E-S from Google oh. um, because they, 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 they just spell it differently and that's fine, right? Um, but we know that they're coming from a podcast because of podcast attribution. Because that's how people spell it. Very interesting. Uh, well, thank yeah. you for joining us, and thanks for sharing sure. your your uh, your insights. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, please, if you like the show, feel free to subscribe and uh, leave a review if you like. Uh, if you listened on LinkedIn, we also live stream this on LinkedIn, Ctrap, um, dot online forward slash LinkedIn. Try to do one a week. Uh, I, I'll be quite honest, doing the video is a lot more strenuous than just talking uh, with each other instead of having to look at the camera and, um, you know, looking like, not just paying attention, but actually looking like you're paying attention. So, and especially for the guests, we don't take them off the camera ever. Um, Appreciate you guys um, listening almost at 200 episodes, one more episode to go. And uh, there's a fun surprise, episode 200. And there's another one. I shouldn't even mention it, but we got a big, big marketing star coming up here uh, probably in early November. Just booked him. Uh, Can't tell you who it is, but I I don't usually get the fanboy thing out here, but definitely a fanboy moment for me. I'm Christoph Trapp. Thanks for listening. Until next time.